This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Come on, will you give it up for your pastors? Uh, Pastor Landon, Pastor Kelly. Uh, man, this morning. And uh, Matt, we're excited, Matt. Thanks for, uh, you can find a seat real quick. And uh, yeah, we're excited to be uh, with you this morning. Uh, yes, we did uh, start a church six years ago in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, how many been to Vegas? Anyone been to Vegas? Vegas? All right. I'm not judging you. It's okay. You went there for prayer and fasting and and uh, so, yeah, we love our city, and uh, it's a wonderful city to be a uh, part of. Uh, before we kind of talk about ourselves, man, I just want to say thank you. Thank you yeah. for, we are like, 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 and thank you for uh, calling Purpose Church your home. Yeah. Uh, we are, uh, we are like, like, like legit friends with your pastors, you know what I mean? And um, I just want to give um, your pastor, uh, man, just high honor for them bringing us in as well. But uh, how many guys love your pastor? We give it up for your yeah. pastors one more time. Come on. <laughs> All right. As well. So, yeah. I remember we, Jeremy and I met, we've been married, you know, 16 years, but we met in Las Vegas. In fact, I'm from Las Vegas. I was raised in Las Vegas. I've been there for almost 40 years and I love my hometown. Now, Jeremy is from Fargo, North Dakota. Just like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, you betcha. Right? Where you guys at? Yes. But I remember the first time I ever met him. I was in a school of ministry at my church, and they said, hey, there's a a person coming in to interview for the junior high pastor position today. So you guys prepare, have some questions ready. I'm like, okay, sure. But I got confused when I heard him talk because he had a little bit of a twang too. I had found that he was living in Alabama, had lived in North Carolina for two years, Alabama for two years, but was an old betcha, you betcha kind of guy too. So I'm like, who is this like Midwest Southern thing? Like how does this work? I was a mystery walking into that room, everybody. You know, and yeah, so I had like a a Midwest accent. Like, oh sure, you betcha. Have you seen the movie Fargo? Right, I was in it. New movie, Fargo. Okay, you're, you're all Christians. That's great. And uh, that was in Alabama for a little bit. I remember in Alabama, uh, my roommate was like, "I'm fixing to go to bed." And I was like, "Is your bed broken? You need some help, you know?" Uh, and then I moved to Vegas, and now it's Jesus Cristo te ama mucho, you know. Uh, El diablo is no bueno, you know. And, uh, and so I just, yeah, I walked into that room, and man, I didn't think, uh, you know, I was going. I don't know about Vegas, Sin right. City, uh, pastoring there alone, and uh, you know, uh, being single, and. So I went to Vegas, and, and they said the you know, uh, into the room where they had they had college students as well as staff, and they said, "Man, we want to interview this guy. Ask right. questions, right? Ask right. questions." So I remember sitting down at the table, and at the, at the other end of the table was Lindsay. And so I sat down. I'm kind of nervous. I'm in a job interview, and I sat down and I looked across the, uh, the table, and I saw Lindsay, and I said, "Taste and see, the Lord is good." You know, like I was like, "Wow!" You know, and immediately uh, I just said, "I'm going to marry that woman." Uh, immediately. Sometimes we go like, "Will God give me that?" I don't know. I was just fortunate to have that. A lot of times people go, "How do I know I married the one?" The moment you said, "I do," Amen. And so I sat down, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I was like, you're in an interview. You're in an interview. You can't move here for a girl, you know, like, you're in an interview. So I blocked it out of my mind, and I said, so anyone have any questions for me? Been in ministry for a few years, a junior high pastor position I'm applying for. And her hand goes up. And uh, I go, yes, smoking a hot blonde. You know what I mean? Like, yes, sister in Christ, you know? And uh, I go, yes. And so she goes, what makes you qualify for this job? And I was like, wow, okay, you know, like... 
you want to ask me if I have hobbies, you know, like, and so I, I give a good answer. I've been in ministry four or five years at this point, and, yeah. you know, give a, I give a great answer. You do. Right? And then I did, right? You did. And so, and then um, I asked around the room again, so anyone else have any other questions? Like, anyone? And she has her hand raised again, remember? Hold on, let me explain again. myself. We were all prepped, come with questions. Yeah. It's not my fault that no one else in the school of ministry prepared <laughs> to have questions. Y'all, I'm a rule follower. I'm going to show up. You're yeah. going to give me a job. I'm responsible. I'm going to get it done. So when no one else raised their hand, whoop, I got another question because I was prepared. Yeah, so uh, rule followers in this room, raise your hand. Rule followers? All right. Rule breakers. Where are the rule breakers at? Come on, somebody. That's my it's people. That's service. my people, right? That's my people. Rules are meant to be broken. Amen? Come on. And so, uh, anyway, uh, so I go, uh... Anyone else? At this point, I was like, Lord, I missed you on this one. Like, I will not marry that woman, you know? And, and I go, yeah. And she goes, you're single, right? I go, yes, I am, you know? I'm like, what's up? And uh, I go, she goes, you're single, right? So how are you, as a youth pastor, going to minister to our ladies yeah. in the junior high ministry? And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, and so I gave her a great answer as well. You know, I want to be a spiritual father. I will never minister alone. I'll bring other people move with me. All these different types of things. And yeah. then three months later, I finally get to move to Las Vegas. I accept the position. They wanted, uh, wanted me to come. Yeah. I remember I came in, and the first day I saw her, she walked in and went, oh, hey, you know, like, right? And she went, ah, walked out. That's what I did. <laughs> I didn't even know we had hired him, to be honest. I come in on a Sunday morning, and he's there worshiping. And my friend next to me goes, yeah. maybe. I said the most holy thing you can during worship. Shut up. <laughs> like, I just told him to shut up. I go into the office yeah, yeah. on Monday, what used to be my desk as of last Friday. Yeah. I come in, and Fargo's sitting in my desk. And so I was like, that's where the uh, came from. And so it, hey is, it is a miracle that we... <laughs> Fell in love. Yeah. <laughs> and that, but a year later, we were married, and we've been married almost 16 years. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. uh, man, it's been uh, just so fun yesterday at the marriage conference. Who was at the marriage conference again? Yes. Mar marriage conference people? Yes. Right. Y'all have a good night, or did you have a good night? You know, like, <laughs> uh, man, it was super fun with that. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> If you didn't have a good night, yeah, well, maybe, you know. Yeah. And uh, But we had just a tremendous time. I'm loving San Antonio, Texas, man. It is it is fun. We went to Green yesterday, and uh, there was a street fair, and ate things, and yeah, it was just super fun. And so I'm probably going to uh, start wearing boots and have a draw. Come on, somebody, yeah. you know, like, I'm going to find me some good brisket, you know, like, uh, Bob's just so excited. Uh, we're excited to be here today, yeah. and we want to talk about marriage. But before we begin, can I just pray? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Father, thank you for what you did last, uh, yesterday, last night. Father, I pray you begin to seal the deal in the hearts of every wife, of every husband. I pray in, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, give us revelation to hear your words today. Lead us, guide us, and Father, I thank you that you choose to use every single one of us in this room for your plan and for your purpose. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. 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 So we want to share some exposures that we had to members of your family that have impacted you. How many of you know, when you say I do, you actually have four generations of your family that have impacted you. It's not just yeah. I'm saying yes to Jeremy. I'm saying yes to Jeremy's family and family and family and family. <laughs> and so there really are some exposures. Yeah. Um, both my mom and my dad have been divorced and remarried three different times. In fact, wow. actually my dad has been married 
four times because he divorced his third wife and married her again a year later. My grandparents are divorced. My grandparents' parents are divorced. And you Mm -hmm. might be sitting here thinking, well, then pastors Landon and Kelly, why did you bring them here? Like, (laughs) why would you bring these guys here if this is their exposures to marriage? In fact, my dad, his fourth marriage was done through a drive-through say I do. In Las Vegas. In I mean, Las I'm Vegas. About, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Dad, you have two credentialed ministers. We, we could have married you for free. And <laughs> yeah. no, he took his wife number three for the second time, went through the drive-through and said, I yeah, do. Yeah, you even leave your car. You go, I do. And they're like, okay. And they sign the thing. And we're like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And even my, uh, my background, a lot of people go, uh, was your dad a pastor? Because you're a pastor. I said, I'm the first pastor in my family. My dad was not a pastor. He was a used furniture salesman. So close enough, everybody, right? <laughs> close, same thing, you know. And, uh, but yeah, so my father, uh, my mom and dad got divorced. And my dad um, was, wasn't faithful. And I will say to this, uh, to this day though, he gave his life to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, man, when I was in high school following and serving Jesus, but he committed adultery with my mom's best friend. And, uh, there's other ladies as well, but he, he met, he then married my mom's best friend. My best friend was the son of my, of my dad's wife. And so my best friend then became my stepbrother. We're like, this is weird. This is awesome. You know, like <laughs> trying to figure this out. Uh, even my grandfather was divorced, and when my dad was in, uh, when my dad was a young adult, uh, my dad dated a woman, broke up with her. My grandpa divorced and married his ex-girlfriend. And uh, why are they talking to us about marriage? <laughs> family tree's a little messed up, you know. <laughs> But we say that because man, even growing up, uh, man, going into uh, uh, school of ministry and becoming a pastor, right. and I remember looking back going, I don't know if I want to get married. I remember looking back going, I'm afraid to yeah. get married because of my exposure to unhealthy relationships. Right. That I was going, I'm afraid to get married because I don't want to go through the pain of divorce. Even to this day mm-hmm. that we've been married uh, 16 years, we have an 11-year-old, and we're still going through the pain of divorce, of, of going to this house and that right. house, this city, this state. And with that, I said, Lord, I don't want that for my life. Right. It's so true. But we have to share this with you, Mm -hmm. that our personal exposure to marriage. So whatever you've been exposed to, and hear me, if you had wonderful exposures, that's, that's fantastic. If you didn't, I'm so sorry. Like, I I get it. I understand it. But our personal exposure to marriage does not change God's original intention for marriage. That's right. So whatever we've seen, whatever we've been exposed to, whatever's been on a screen, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, it does not change God's original intention for marriage because of my exposure, because of your exposure. Really, statistics say we should not be married. Mm -hmm. Everything was fighting against us. But let me tell you what we did. Before we were ever married, in our singleness, When Jesus Christ became Lord of our lives, we knew individually that one day I may be married and I can lean in now. Come on, I can pray now. I can prepare now for what you have in store for me. So I literally said, I know my mom and dad have not done it right. But I'm going to ask God, what is your original intention? And I leaned into God's word. I leaned into mentors. I loved that I had pastors, come on, that had been married almost 30 years and they were still flirting. I never saw mom and dad flirt. I saw mom and dad throw punches. I saw mom and dad throw just verbal assassinations against each other. I saw that. I never saw a couple flirt and enjoy one another and and still be in love. And I wanted that. 
So what I did is I, I saturated myself in God's word and then I got into small groups. I went to mistakes were against me person. I was this for me. That does not matter. Right. And I wanted to have God's design for marriage right. in my future. Yep. I always wanted God to do a good work in me now. Yes. So he didn't have to do that good work later. Right. And say, God, right. prepare me for marriage now. Uh, a lot of times we're going, I'm just waiting for the one. I wonder if the one is waiting on you. Yeah. To say, man, I need to know who I am in Christ. Matthew chapter 18. We got to do some Bible, all right? Matthew chapter 18, verses 3 through 8. Matthew chapter 19, actually. 19. Matthew 19, verses 3 through 8. And uh, man, this is the Passion Translation because I love the way it says it. So if you got your Bibles, man, we're in church, right? Get your Bibles out. Uh, man, if you have an iPhone, use that Bible version app deal. If you have a Samsung or an Android, just keep it away. It's just going to frustrate you anyways, you know. Or you're washing the Jumbotron, all right? We're and, not partial. Uh, no, no branding. I know. I need a purpose church sticker, right? Questions. And so the Pharisees were intent on putting Jesus to the test with difficult questions. Friends, it's okay to ask difficult questions. Amen. And so they approached him and they said, Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Wonder why they were asking that question, right? right. Is, it, is it lawful? Is it okay to, to divorce his wife for any reason? And Jesus said, haven't you read the Bible? What's the Bible say about creation? That'll probably solve half of our counseling problems, right? Like, like what's the Bible say? And you're like, I don't know. And Jesus said, this is what scripture says. The creator made us male and female from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Go ahead, next slide. Just keep, yep. And for this reason, a man will leave his mom, his, his, his father and his mother and his Xbox to go live with his wife. Hey, man, isn't that a good one? 11 a.m., yeah. And, and the two will become one flesh. From then on, they are no longer two, but they are now united as one. Everyone say one. one. So that God unites, let no one divide. Let no one, no divide and divide your marriage. Right. Then they responded. They're like, oh, that's good. Amen. But then why did Moses command us to divorce? Uh, why did Moses command us to give a certificate of divorce and it would be okay? It would be lawful. And Jesus said, Moses permitted you to divorce because your hearts were hard and your hearts were stubborn, right. but it was not what God had originally intended. Yeah. It was not his original purpose for marriage. I want to address the tension today, the tension of God's original intention yeah. for marriage and the reality of right. marriage today. I pastor, you know, uh, you pastor it. We go, okay, pastor, like you're in your, in your Bible. You, you married a pastor, you know, uh, you pastor at church and, and, and yada, yada, yada. But I live in the real world. And I live out there, and, and, and I'm in, like, like, you have no clue what I'm talking about. And sometimes we go, yes, God has an intention for marriage, but I'm living in reality, buddy. Mm-hmm. And guys, there is a reality of marriage. But Genesis chapter 2, it says, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother, and he's joined with his wife. The two are united into one. Yeah. But here's God's original intention. It's not just two becoming one, but also he said, now the man and his wife were naked, but they felt no Shame. That's right. And I love that when two complete individuals come together, because it's God's original for ten, in God's original intention for marriage yeah. is oneness. Yeah. Is oneness. The yeah. God's perfect design for marriage is oneness. That's right. That his goal is that two complete people become one. That's right. And now that's not Hollywood's version of of love, is it? It's really not. Hollywood's version, what we see in movies, what we see glorified is that two incomplete people, right? 
two people who may be a little broken, a little messed up, if they find each other, yeah. right? We think it's totally random. If we find each other, <gasps> then we're going to be complete. Yeah. And that is what is portrayed. That is what is glorified. Think That's about right. your favorite chick flicks. Think about the brokenness or, or the hardships or That's the right. overcoming. And That's oh, right. if I take half of me, I'm a half person. And he's a half person. But if we get together, then we're going to be whole. Think of pretty woman. Think of, think of the Titanic. Uh Uh-oh. Right? Think of Twilight. Twilight. Edward and Bella, right? We think that we're the exception. The the, the kind girl's going to meet the elusive boy. And the elusive boy is no longer going to be a bad guy. He's going to be a good guy. Why? Because of my brokenness and his brokenness. That's right. We came together. And we made a complete yeah. relationship. Right. And friends, that is not the truth. Mm-hmm. That is not the exception. It is not to be glorified. So when yeah. this isn't working, right? When we come together and we're like, oh, if, if I'm incomplete or if I'm, I'm really working in half of what God has for me or I don't know who I am in Jesus, why isn't this working? Culture will tell you it's because you're incompatible. Yeah. You're just, you're incompatible. It's yeah. irreconcilable differences. You're incompatible. It doesn't work. No. But the creator says, that's mm-hmm. not the problem, friends. That's right. The problem is, is that you're incomplete. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're incompatible. You're incomplete. Mm-hmm. Incomplete. And so the goal of oneness is that two complete people could become one. Now hear this. I've read this before. It says, to the degree that either person, so think of your to yeah. and think if you're a little bit frustrated in your marriage or it isn't going the way you imagined it to be. It says, to the degree that either person is less than complete as a person, that oneness is going to suffer under the strain of that incompleteness. So there cannot be the blessings, the overflow, these amazing things that come from health, it cannot be found in an incomplete relationship. So the goal of oneness is is not this. The goal of oneness is that two complete people I know who I am. Come on, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. I know who I am. When I am complete in Jesus, hear me, not perfect. But when I'm complete, when I'm confident, when I know that I'm a, I'm a work in progress, that God has called me and set me apart for his glory and his purpose, I am whole. And man, when two people get together who are whole, that's right. guys, that's exciting. This is, this is the picture that God has for oneness. Spouses are not supposed to, uh, to complete one another. They complement one another. Spouses complement. They do not complete. Can I get a good amen, everybody? I mean, I hope you um, just see that picture time and time again. Because, I mean, from every single Hollywood movie, it's two yeah. broken people finding one another and Boom, it's all fixed. It's all right. I wish they would continue the the uh, the chick flicks or whatever, the, 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 the rom-coms or whatever yeah. it is. I wish they would continue it be like one year later, you know, <laughs> and, and just see what that looks like after that moment of passionate love because yeah. there are some lies that begin to take place. They, they shut the movie off before we head into these relational lies. And lie number one is I need this person to be complete. Right. Like, I need somebody, if you're single in this room, I need a, you know, a, a boyfriend, I need a girlfriend in order to be complete. You know, that, what, uh, remember that old movie, right? Like, you complete me. She's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Yeah, me a hello. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, another uh, rom-com is Die Hard. That's a great romantic movie, <laughs> Die Hard, by the way. So, uh, but a lie is, I need this person to be complete. Right. Because here's the problem. Too many of us, too many of us, we attach ourselves to another person to obtain approval, 
affirmation. May we be attained. Man, someone loves me, therefore I'm approved. Mm. I'm accepted. Uh, affirmation. Man, I, I, need, I need someone to say good things about me. Uh, man, if I, if, someone, if, 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 I have, if I find someone, then I have purpose. Mm. I have purpose. And we, be, we become so purpose-drained because we're searching for purpose in the wrong areas. That's right. Uh, I need safety. Man, if I could just find somebody, everything would be taken care of. But the last one is so important. We attach ourselves to other people for identity. Right. For identity. And if you're looking for someone for identity, then, man, we might be something that's incomplete or someone who's not whole. See, a lot of times we've seen it time and time again, and we've all been prone to this, yeah. is that if, we, if we're searching for someone for identity, that we become a chameleon. Yeah. That we begin to be, we begin to change our values. Yeah. Man, we begin to change our preferences. We begin to change things for the other person to say, ah, I'm a square, you're a circle, let's make this fit yeah. because I'm desperate to be complete. I remember I did that once. I didn't change my values. I didn't change my beliefs. I changed my hair. I remember I dated someone. A it's a big deal, y'all. When I was 19 years old, I really liked this Bible-believing boy. And I thought he was so holy. And so just the way he opened his Bible and read and explained it. And I was a new Christian. It seems like he'd been a Christian forever. And he said one day he really liked Jennifer Love Hewitt. But then he goes, I really like a little bit of red in the hair. And I thought, hmm, let me take my pasty blonde self to Target and find some Clairol. Mistake number one. I went and bought a bottle of Clairol that was reddish brown, auburn. And I took myself from blonde to auburn with a bottle. And can I tell you, I hated it. I didn't look good. It wasn't fun. And he really wasn't that impressed. And by two washes, it was gone. And when I realized, why did I do this to myself? I don't like this. This is, this is so obvious that I did this for him and I, I don't look good. I went and I bought the bleachest blonde I could find. Yeah, see, you hear the, oh, because you know. I thought, if just two washes later, I put really, really blonde hair on top of this brownish, funky thing, I'm going to be okay. Y'all, I went from reddish brown to brownish, funky thing to green. Like doo-doo green, not even like pretty green, but like, oh my God, my baby just did a blowout kind of green. That was the color of my hair. I had blowout hair, not the blow dryer. It was awful. And I remember having to go and sit in a salon. And as they're putting foil all over my hair, they are stripping my hair. I didn't know this, this hairstylist, but God was working on me in that chair. Mm -hmm. And as she was stripping my hair, literally the Holy Spirit was stripping me of stop finding your identity in other people. You do not have to be what people want, Lindsay. You need to be yeah. who I created you to be. Because hear me, friends, this is the truth. The truth is that if you believe you are not complete, yeah. you will become whatever pursues you. If you believe that you are not complete so in and of yourself with your relationship with Jesus, yeah. you will become whatever pursues you. Incomplete wow. people are desperate yeah. to belong. And hear me, we all want to belong. Yeah. But I belong first and foremost to Jesus. Amen. 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 Wow. What was his name? Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> 
I pastored the, we pastored East Las Vegas for 10 years. And uh, if you know East Las Vegas, that's the hood. And yeah. so don't let the, the shirt or the shoes fool you. We will cut you, you know, like. Stab and twist. Stab and twist. <laughs> so they, they bleed out, you know. And, uh, but no. Uh, so the best, here's the best gift uh, that you can give your future spouse if you're single. Uh, man, the best gift. And I just feel a, a tension to say this. The best gift you can give your future spouse, even if you're dating. Yeah. Because they're not your spouse yet, so you can't act married. Yeah. But your future spouse are the best gift you can give you at marriage conference. The best gift you can give to your current spouse right. is that your pursuit for Jesus. Yeah. That's the best gift you can give to your spouse or to That's your right. future spouse. Is so your pursuit after right. Jesus. Hey, hey, a pursuit that says, God... I don't need anybody else. I just need you. God, I don't need to find my identity in anyone else or in what I do. I just need you. A complete you complements a complete marriage. Friends, a broken you doesn't get fixed when you get married. If you have an addiction before marriage, your your addiction will be magnified inside of marriage. And so God, I created me a new heart today before I carry a a broken heart into a marriage. Not a perfect heart, but a heart that is pursuing after God. See, my spouse, if you were at marriage conference, we learned my spouse is responsible to me, but not for me. My spouse is responsible to me. I don't go like, Lord, fix her. You know, uh, for her, it is her responsibility to pursue Jesus. And it's my responsibility to pursue after Jesus. We see this in Genesis chapter three. I love Genesis. In the, in the original uh, story, God created Adam, and then from his rib created Eve. He said, you can have all dominion. You can name all the things, but you just cannot eat from that tree. Right. And so Eve gets uh, you know, deceived by the serpent. Uh, she eats the apple. She goes to Adam. He goes, Adam, this is delicious. You know, it's brisket, you know, and, and he ate it. And he said, this is delicious. You know, all of a sudden, boom, sin came in. They realized they were naked. Shame entered into their hearts. And then they hid, and God was walking the cool of the day, and he said, uh, you know, Adam, Eve, where are you? And anytime God asks a question, he already knows the answer, but he's, no, he, he's wondering if you know the answer to the question. And so then he says this in Genesis chapter 3. He says, uh, what happened? Who ate of the fruit? And Adam replied, Lord, I want you to catch this. It was the woman that you gave me, right? It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Lord, this is your deal. What is your problem? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) before the marriage conference, Lord, why'd you send her into my life? Why did you, when I sat across from the table, why did you, and that's not, and God goes, okay, you're jacked up. You're a hot mess. All right. And so then God goes, all right, Eve, what have you done? And she goes, Lord, the serpent deceived me. And that is why I ate it. We see this time and time again. How many know the Bible is living, it's active, it's powerful, it still applies to us today. That's right. A lot of times we see that relationships are not the arena for the blame game. That's right. For us to say, well, I'm not whole because of them. Mm. I'm not whole or complete because of that. I'm not whole or complete because of, and the Lord wants to deal with us. That's right. See, friends, are we blaming our spouse for something that we need to be responsible for? It's good. I'm sorry that I, I have an addiction because of you. No, absolutely not. For you to say, Lord, man, what am I blaming? And maybe, maybe you're not married in this room today. Who are you still blaming? Mm. We could be blaming 
people, situations. We could be blaming circumstances. Man, if I had my life handed to me on the gold platter, Lord, this would be so much better. What are we taking? What are we blaming for instead of taking responsibility for? I want kind of. Uh, if you're taking notes today, you can even kind of do an "I'm not blank." You know, I'm not blank because they haven't. And a lot of times we get just busy in life. We just keep going, go, 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 go without answering these questions. Right. I'm not happy because you haven't made me happy. Mm. You are. I'm not happy because of my work or because of this circumstance. Maybe you might be saying, I'm not in my dream job because they're stopping me. Or I'm being, you know what? We're not going after Jesus because you're the, you're the issue. You're right. the deal. Right. Now I want you to know it is a lie that the enemy wants you to begin to blame others just like Adam and Eve. And God said, I mean, I want to deal with you. You know, I want to, I want to work on your heart. There's so many times where I say, Lord, I need you. And God's going, no, I need to work on your heart. Yeah. So that's line number one. But line number two is this. If this person needs me, then I'll be complete. Right. Man, if they need me, I've arrived. I made it. Like the secret sauce, the formula. Like I did it. If this person needs me, I will be complete. Now this lie looks more like a conquest, not a commitment. Right. Something to conquer, right. something to achieve instead of a commitment. Right. Listen to me, friends. This applies to, to your workplace. This applies to even being a Christ follower, and I know God's word, and they might not go, know God's word. This applies in this area that people are not projects Amen. to be finished. Amen. People are not projects in our life. They are, man, it is a commitment to Jesus that we begin to lead others to Jesus. But I want you to know that people are not projects. They're not a project to fix. They're not a project to rehab. They're not, they're not God's plan for you to get them. No, this is, they are not a renovation job or they're not even a project to go and save. I have a savior complex. I need to save this individual. I will make sure they become whole incomplete. That's a lie. Because this last lie really begins uh, to talk about a lack of self-worth. That this lie is all about stroking that ego and saying, man, I am God's gift to Lindsay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, and this is the NAB translation. It just says, love is not possessive. That's right. No one owns anyone. Love is not possessive. Remember those old church property of, you know, Love is not possessive, but I want to encourage you that our habits in singleness and in dating can show whether we're practicing for a healthy marriage or we're practicing for divorce. Yeah. Our habits today, right. if they're singleness and in our dating, can show whether we're practicing for a healthy marriage. Right. I don't own you. God loves you. I'm pursuing Jesus by myself. We're going to pursue Jesus when we're married. But man, am I practicing for a healthy marriage? Or am I practicing for divorce? Yeah. You know, yeah. We're counseling four couples right now. And, and it's so fun to see them because they're getting ready to be married. Four and they're, they're prepping. And it's exciting, yeah. right? It's really so exciting. So Purpose Church, I guess you guys are like being fruitful, multiplying, apparently. And uh, we're just trying to get our people married, y'all. Yeah, all like, right? Stop multiplying and let's get married. Just take yeah, a yeah, pause just get married, on the everybody. multiplication and right? let's so get married. So if you're married. single, come join us in Vegas. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but we explain to them, do you know how much better mm-hmm. your foundation will be? Not, It's not, a, it's not yeah. perfect. You're 
You're not perfect. No. But do you know how much better your foundation will be yeah. if you have an idea of who you are in Jesus right. before you link your life up with somebody else? Yeah. And it's going to be even greater if they know who they are in Christ. So these two complete people coming together right. to start this marriage. See, the intention is oneness. Yep. That's God's original intention. We know that. But the reality is, friends, that most people are incomplete. Yeah. That's the reality. The intention is oneness. That's God's original perfect design for marriage. But the reality is, is that most people are incomplete. Now, in order to have oneness in marriage, we need to experience oneness with Jesus. That's where that completeness comes from, is oneness with Jesus. Mm -hmm. See, I love this way to define oneness with Jesus. Is It's a permanent, it's permanent. Dynamic relationship of mutual love. It means that as you pour out love, he's pouring out love. As you lean in, he's leaning in. It's filled with presence and knowledge and of shared work and friendship. You are co-laborers with Jesus in your mutual love and oneness with one another. You get to be about his work. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And so I want you to get a picture because the word complete can be intimidating, right? Complete feels like this finished product, but the Bible tells us that that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But that Christ, God has come to give us life and life abundantly. So I would like you to lock into this word for a moment of wholeness. Mm -hmm. God has called you to wholeness. He hasn't called you to live a half life. He hasn't called you to live a three quarters life. He has called you to live a whole life. And so hear me, wholeness is work. Mm -hmm. It's work. It's not easy. It's work. But many of us ask, okay, well, if the wholeness is the goal, if that is the picture that God has for my life, whether I'm single, I'm married, I'm widowed, I'm dating, I'm not thinking about, whatever it may be, if if wholeness is what God has for me, well, how do I know if I'm walking in wholeness, right? right? How do I know if I'm doing this? Well, there are four things that you can know if you are walking in wholeness is if you're experiencing these things. Number one, heal your hurts. Heal your hurts. Can I tell you that we're living in a culture and a generation that does not do pain? We don't do pain. We don't want a Holy Ghost. We want an anesthesiologist. We don't want the Lord to sift through the difficult parts in our lives because we don't like it. It's uncomfortable. We want him to give us a shot, close my eyes, God, while I'm sleeping, and then you can deal with it and I'm gonna wake up better. That's not how God does it. God says, open your eyes, son. Open your eyes, daughter. We have some work to do and I don't need you numb. I need you fully present. In our church, we tell our people, you can do hard things. We can do hard things. We constantly are using the phrase, get comfortable. with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because hear me, friends, sometimes God does his best work in the dark. Sometimes the best work comes in the the hard times, in the shaping. And so we have to learn to heal our hurts. Now hear me, oneness with Jesus, it does not mean that you are exempt from pain or loss. Is that not such a disservice when people come to know Jesus for the first time and they're like, I'm going from hell to a fairy tale, right? I'm going from just this hardship to life is going to be easy and breezy and sunshine and butterflies. It's going to be awesome. And then life hits. God does not exempt you from pain and loss. What he does is say, I'm with you in it. That mutual love, that presence, that friendship, we're still going to co-labor. We're still going to build his kingdom. You're not exempt from his kingdom when you're going through pain or loss. And we've suffered loss. We've suffered huge losses. But hear me, loss can either be a bonding agent. Pain can be a bonding agent or it can be a bomb. Mm -hmm. It can bring you together or it can blow you apart. But I don't know if there's this global thing that happened in 2020. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, 
kind of a big deal. And uh, but during the midst of all of that, and pastoring a church, and yeah. you know all those, you know, we we all have our stories. But in the middle of all that, the Lord brought us a uh, two and a half year old boy, yeah. and we were in the process of adoption. Uh, we have an eleven year old. We have you know we have we've lost several babies due to infertility and the miscarriages. And so we had this little boy, and man, it just it turned our world upside down with everything that was taking place. Well, we had him for about a year and a half. And uh, I mean, just, you know, the adoption process is going good, but with COVID pushing court dates back and back. And the very last month, I mean, uh, the very last month, his family changed his mind. And the very last month, they took him. And we, we lost him in a day. In a moment's notice, we lost him. We haven't seen him since. Yeah. And in that, mo- in that moment, we are grieving. Right. We are, in, uh, man, we, we, it was a, such a difficult season. Uh, even for an 11-year-old boy going, I lost my brother, you know, and just going through the season of pain and the season of hardship. That trauma is interesting because trauma was hiding in our anger. Yeah. Now, man, we begin to see ourselves have outbursts, and that's just not who we are. Right. We would see ourselves get frustrated or upset. We would see our 11-year-old boy do the very same thing. And it took almost, almost about a year or so to go through counseling, to process these emotions, to do the hard things. Because yeah. uh, hard things is hard. I mean, if it was, if it was easy, then we all be healthy and we right. all be whole. Right. But hard things, is, it's hard to do. And through that, we had to decide this this, this particular situation, man, this can either bomb us uh, apart, this can can separate us, or this can grow us closer together. It has been known through research that the the, the traumatic experiences, the hardships, whatever it is, can actually grow a marriage stronger than ever before. And so through that process, yeah, we have found healing, but man, we have to do the hard things in order to heal our hurts. That's right. So heal your hearts. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And hear me, it's natural to want to wiggle. It's like, oh my God, I don't like how this feels. I want to leave. How many of y'all have been to the doctor's office and you're like, I'm about to get a shot. I'm out of here. Like, I don't need to be here. We are just like children. Adults are no better than children. And we get wiggly and we want to run. But I'm asking you, calm the wiggle. Calm it. Tell yourself you're safe. It's uncomfortable. You are safe. And we are going to work this out with Jesus. If you're married, we're going to work this out together. And so we have to heal our hurts. Number two, you have to practice vulnerability. We've got to practice vulnerability. The mask has to come off. We've adopted something at Avenue at our church. We say, bring your Sunday worst. Bring your Sunday worst. I want your Sunday best. Because you could bring your Sunday best to the restaurant after church, but we want your Sunday worst. Maybe you came to church this morning and, man, you wanted to cuss your family out because nobody wanted to get ready. Everybody's angry, but you come in and you're like, God bless you. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And you have your game face on. We don't need your game face at church. It is in the presence of God, right? It's in the praises of man that God's presence is. And that is where we're healed. That is where we're undone. This should be the place where we are like, yes, God, I can take this off. I can say that this has been a really bad month for my family. I can say that this is really, really hard. I remember going to our church and saying, we lost Derek and we are not okay. And be able to not have to feel that just because we're leading a church, we can't grieve. So in front of our congregation, we said, we're not okay. We're here. We need you as much as you need us. Mm -hmm. And we leaned in together. And so vulnerability is not a feminine word. That's right. It's not. 
It is the most brave, courageous word that there is. Yeah. It is both masculine and feminine. It is amazing. It's something that God has for us. And gentlemen, I want to share with you that it is, it is not a feminine word. Right. But gentlemen, we are only as sick as our secret. It's one of the most toughest things. We are, I, I believe it's one of the most tough, it's one of the most toughest things to do is to be vulnerable. Right. Be vulnerable with our kids. Be vulnerable with our church. Be vulnerable in our small groups. And I get it. Sometimes we think vulnerability is a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. That's right. That the moment, I promise you, and I, because I know your pastors, I promise you, if you get into a small group and you start sharing, sometimes it's like a few weeks, right? You know, and then when you start sharing and you go, I'm going to be vulnerable. I want to, get, I want to be vulnerable, not because I blend in, but I want to be vulnerable so I can find healing. Yeah. I need healing again. Confess your sins to one another so God may heal you and forgive you. Right. And so I want to be vulnerable. And I promise you, if you're in a Purpose Church small group and you say, ah, and you lay it out there, your small group leader or whoever's in your group ain't going to be like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wow. You know, I promise you other people in the group are going to go, me too. Yeah. I've, I've had a situation just like that. Right. Thank you. I wasn't going to share it. I thought these were a bunch of fake people. But because you were vulnerable, right. I began to go on my journey of finding freedom. That's and so, uh, yeah, practice vulnerability. But number three, take responsibility right. for your life. That's right. You are responsible. Mm -hmm. Friends, so many times we think we're not in the driver's seat like someone else. We only move over if we're giving that seat away to somebody. Yeah. And so you are responsible for your life. Right. Where am I going? What am I doing? What, what, am I, what am I encouraged by? Like you, that is your responsibility. I love this quote by George Bernard Shaw. He said, hell is to drift, heaven is to steer. Mm -hmm. If you are not happy with your life, yeah. look at you yeah. and say, what am I responsible for? What can I do? What have I done to get here? And I That's love right. this because you can do something to get out of it. That's you right. can do something to make a change. And number four, if you're living in wholeness, not only do you know how to take responsibility for your life, mm -hmm. but you know how to rely on God. Amen. You know how to rely on God. The first Bible that I ever got, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 18 years old. I had just graduated high school. Yeah. And someone, a, a friend's dad, actually, it's the dad of the guy whose hair I dyed my hair for. That guy? Trauma. <laughs> but nameless man's dad gave me a, a Bible. And it was inscribed on there, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It said, being confident of this. Yeah that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion into the day of Christ Jesus. God has started something in you and he's gonna see it work to completion. To be whole does not mean that you have to be perfect. To be whole is I'm leaning in, come on to that oneness with Jesus. I love this quote by Augustine. He said, God loves each one of us as if there were only one of us. He loves you just for you. God loves me apart from Jeremy. God did not start loving me more the day that I married and linked my life up with Jeremy. No, God loved me in and of myself. That's right. Yeah. First John chapter, chapter four, four, verse 12. It says, no one has ever seen God. Right. But if we, will, if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love has made, is made complete inside of us. That's right. Friends, at this moment, I mean, whether you're married, dating, single, mm. uh, ready to mingle, whatever it is, <laughs> I want to challenge you this morning. God perfectly designed for you to be complete in Jesus. That's right. Um, I just feel a sense of, uh, can I ask everyone to stand with me, please? Worship team's got to come on out. And, um, but I want you to know, oneness is two complete people becoming one. Oneness is two complete people becoming one.
that if you believe you need another person to be complete, then, then you're just believing that you are not enough on your own. Right. And friends, we are not enough on our own, but we need Jesus. Yeah. But just feel that we need to just take a moment mm. this morning. Hey, but I just want you to take a moment for some self-reflection mm. this morning. Would you just do me a favor? Would you just kind of bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment? Worship team, I'm going to ask you something I didn't ask you um, first service. Um, but are you able to just sing that last song? But just a moment, can you start us out? Is that okay? If you start us out and then you join in. But will you just sing that song for, for us for a moment? I just feel like um, sometimes in our brokenness comes a sweet aroma. Mm. And so we just begin to sing that song, uh, just keys and just you for just a moment. For the rest of us in this room, we just bow our heads, close your eyes. And I just want you to ask Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal every lie that's been spoken to you. Every lie that's been spoken to you. The lie that you can't be complete. The lie that God doesn't love you. The lie that, man, my, my background, my resume. And God is saying, man, when I forgive you, I forget no more. Man, I got a plan and a purpose for your life. So I just want you to just take a moment. Prayer team, if you're available, can you come forward as well? Prayer team. And in just a moment, we're going to sing this song. But if you need prayer for completeness in your marriage, you need prayer for completeness as an individual, as she's singing, I want you to come forward. Go ahead. And I want you to reflect this morning. Ask the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, to speak to you today. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn
Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is love. Break every stronghold. If you're here today and you're saying, I mean, I need Jesus in my heart. I need him in my life. I mean, I just wanted to ask you, will you take the vulnerable step? Remember, Lord, do a good work in me today. Today. Today is the day. If that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But if that's you today and you say, Pastor, I, I, I need Jesus. Man, maybe I gave my life to Jesus at one point. But man, I need, I need him today. And I want to give him my heart today. Whether it's for the first time or for, for, you know, whatever it is. I just want you to raise a hand. I want to know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to embarrass you. But just raise a hand up and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. And I want to pray with you this morning. Anyone, just raise a hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. And we're going to pray with you today. Anyone? Will you pray with me? Say, yes, I see a hand. One. Anyone else? Thank you. Two. Two hands. That's all I'm going to do. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to follow you. Say, thank you for making me complete. Say, thank you for making me whole because I now know who I am. I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout today. What I love here at Purpose Church is that there are opportunities for you to respond. Maybe today we need that reminder that God, you've called me to wholeness and wholeness comes in Jesus. And God, you were broken for me. You're broken so I could have that wholeness. So maybe it's it's a communion for you. Maybe you're coming up with your spouse and saying, God, you need to do a work in this, a greater work. We know there's more to this. Let's break bread together. Maybe it's, I don't wanna leave here without someone praying with me. Maybe today it's for you to take a step of a vulnerability and just share, take off the mask and say, will you pray for me in this? The enemy loves to conceal. He loves to disguise. He loves to keep things as if they are not. And so we want to encourage you. Nope, devil, not today. Come on down, have vulnerability. And so God is so good and we are believing the very best for you. So I love what Pastor Landon said. Will you take a step natural so that God can take a step in the supernatural? And so we're going to open these up and please make this your personal time that God, I'm here to meet you in Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.